0: Welcome to The Screen Queen, the show where I'll be talking about your favorite show or your favorite movie. You'll just have to find out what you're about to know. This is your Screen Queen, your host, Samantha Parrish. Hello and welcome back to The Screen Queen. This is your host, Samantha Parrish, giving you all things that has to do with movies, TV, anime, everything goes here on the show that puts an end to the term showstopper because the show never stops here. Thank you so much for joining me. On the very first episode of The Screen Queen. So if you were here for the introduction, the first official episode is a topic that has been on my noggin for quite some time and I'm happy I finally get to express this with the idea about looking at a story and seeing it from a different perspective and looking at all the variables and knowing this could just be a hop-skip and a jump away from being a horror movie. Now we look at certain pieces of media, and it's so easy to create something in a different way. It's sort of like buying a pair of shoes in a different color. It fits the same way, but what would it look like as a different color? Same thing goes with songs. Look at the song one way or another. It's a very happy song, but with the way it sounds, it sounds like something you'd see in a stalker theme and making a bit more foreboding. And when it comes to movies there has been a few remakes that did take its variables and swap it into a different kind of a story vibe. We had the Stepford Wives and the Stepford Wives was originally a 1975 horror movie with a lot of idealisms about individuality. It covers a lot of ground for its commentary. And when it was remade, they basically took the same concept, but they made it a bit funnier. And honestly, I love both versions. Both versions are great. Same thing goes with The Mummy. The Mummy was originally a horror movie back in the early days of cinema. And then when it was remade, it was like a Indiana Jones-style movie with action-adventure and the best part, Brendan Fraser. And then when it was remade in the Tom Cruise version, it was so funny how it was trying to be a very scary horror movie. <laughs> there was enough cruise control for that movie, I'll tell you that much. I want to give the idea to really look at the plot of these movies and know yeah that could definitely be a horror movie. This is something that could definitely be a different kind of movie whether it could be remade or not. I'm not necessarily saying these films should definitely be remade because of the way that the plot goes to something a bit more sinister but it's kind of an intriguing idea. So the first movie I want to talk about is Mrs. Doubtfire, and you guys are thinking, why, why pick the wholesome Robin Williams movie? It's beautiful, majestic. God, I miss him so much. But really, look at the plot. I mean, let's let's go over Mrs. Doubtfire really quick. It's a man that wants to see his children, and so he dresses up like a woman with prosthetics and everything, so he can completely fool his ex-wife and the kids, and they'll never know that. Their father is present in their life, just in a different presence, (laughs) you know? The character of Daniel Hillard is beautiful, amazing, wholesome, great father, and just wants to do what he can for his kids. But at the same time, the man goes to so many lengths to see his kids that People look at this movie with the 1993 law of California and know that Daniel Hillard should have been arrested for violating the child visitation, property damage for what he did to Stu's car, and the icing on the cake when he put that ingredient in his ex wife's boyfriend's food and almost killed him. So we're looking at attempted murder. So that's just. Think about that for a moment. But that's just the way that the the movie went and it kind of glossed over these very terrible things but what i specifically want to talk about is what if daniel wasn't a good guy that he just wanted to see his kids for the control factor like you're not gonna take my kids away from me and truly didn't care about the kids he just wanted to get back at his wife because unfortunately there are fathers like that out there that truly will do whatever they can to take the children away from the ex-wife just because. So, if you have Daniel Hillard's character be conniving, narcissistic, manipulative, and then also having those good actor qualities that can really truly be able to fool the kids, having all that stuff you see in Mrs. Dotfire because Daniel Hillard is a great actor, imagine using that acting skills for just selfish. Maliciousness knowing I can get away with this, I can abuse my own power as an actor to fool my kids and my ex-wife. So add that, the prosthetics. Those kids will have no idea that they're seeing someone that they truly don't want to see, that it's someone that truly makes them scared, but they feel safe around the nanny, that everything's OK, everything's hunky-dory, not knowing that it's their father under all that plastic. And I'm so sorry to have me talking about this, but (laughs) that's a terrifying thought. A man using prosthetics to see his children and fooling them. So I say that about the fact that Mrs. Doubtfire, because this sort of did happen in real life. This is a quick side note of a crime story, but there was a woman that was dating this man And had no idea it was her ex-boyfriend. Because the man got himself plastic surgery so he could date his ex-girlfriend again. And she'll have no idea that it's someone that she doesn't want to be around and that she's scared of. And it's like, yikes. So think about that with Mrs. Doubtfire. Think about that with Daniel Hillard. Being terrible and the kids being scared of their father not knowing that they're being duped and they think they're being taken care of when they're not really being taken care of and they're being tricked in the worst god-awful betrayal possible of a man that they're scared of. I feel so bad talking about this movie, but shit if you really look at the plot, it does really feel like it could be a horror movie. And with the story I just said, that does happen in real life. But of course if you see this movie as a horror movie and it has like the same ending I don't really, like I said I don't plan for this movie to be remade I want to follow the same thing as suit so in the end of what would be this imaginative scenario of a horror version of Mrs. Doubtfire, these kids are gonna have trust issues for the rest of their life there's gonna be so much therapy whereas in the original movie they're so happy to see their father, they're gonna be like I can't trust anybody again I never want to leave the house The wife's going to have trust issues. Everyone's just going to be, like, destroyed. And I was talking about this with my friend Dylan the other day, that with a horror movie, you have to feel awful afterwards. So, basically, Mrs. Doubtfire, instead of it being this beautiful, wholesome movie, it would just be like a defeat about life and trust and family. Which, you know, there are horror movies out there with that family factor that does take that away a little bit to... Sully the idea of what a good family looks like, regardless of how it does. So that would be kind of an interesting thought. I've had a lot of time to think about Mrs. Doubtfire if it ever became a horror movie just by looking at the whole plot alone and then knowing, okay, if Daniel wasn't a good guy, he this would definitely be a horror movie. (laughs) So I'm so sorry to have to say that about Mrs. Doubtfire. I still love it to death. Like Mrs. Doubtfire has a wonderful message, and I love the movie. If Mrs. If Daniel Hiller was a bad guy, that's what it would look like. The next film I want to talk about is actually the film that first sparked the idea about looking at a film in a totally different genre, just because the plot sounds so odd, looking at it and really taking the genre itself out of it and looking at the story. Just like what I said with Mrs. Doubtfire, where the characters aren't what they were. This film I want to talk about is called Overboard. And if you have never seen the 1987 rom-com Overboard, I'll give you a synopsis and you'll see what I'm talking about. So you have this spoiled, selfish, rich, bitchy woman... And she is on, like, a vacation with her husband that she could care less for. She cares more about, like, her toenails getting painted than spending time with her husband. And she's so bored, she'd rather go ahead and have a whole new closet made. And she hires this local contractor. And she doesn't like his work. So she doesn't pay him. And she snubs him completely. And then later on that night, when she's going to go get her wedding ring, she literally like the title goes overboard and she falls into the ocean and she's found the next morning and she has no memory of who she is or anything at all and then the carpenter catches wind of this on the local news and he's like I got an idea and he goes down there and he's like Annie it's me your husband <laughs> And it's like I'm laughing because of the way it is because it is funny really truly this movie did the mark by taking something that was such an oddball concept and making it so funny everyone does a fantastic job and as the movie goes along she knows like in her gut like I know I'm definitely not married to this man and I never did things like cooking and cleaning and I was never a mom I don't know who this man is but he said he's my husband so I gotta go along with it And I love the movie so much, but when I had the time to actually look at the plot without a genre, it's 100% a horror movie, like all the way, a man that goes down to a hospital and tells this woman with all this volition, I am your husband, knowing it's a complete lie. Doesn't that sound like a serial killer's wet dream right there? Or just anyone that wants to do something malicious and torturous to someone else and that they'll believe anything that they say because of the amnesia? That woman would be completely helpless. Absolutely helpless. There's nothing that she can do to save herself because she doesn't know who she is or what's going on. This is like a whole new world for her, even though it's not her world at all. But at the same time, it would kind of be weird to sympathize with her because the fact that she was so bitchy and so cruel. It's like, uh, do I feel sorry for this woman? Do I want to root for her to escape? Is she going to be okay? Is she going to learn something? That's the thing about horror movies is that that's the life-changing moment for someone, that their whole character changes completely. That is the moment. This is the moment they didn't see coming and they have to find a way to make fight or flight and get the hell out. And I say that as there is a movie that's kind of similar to what I'm talking about. It's not 100% the same thing, but there is a movie on Netflix that's called Secret Obsession. And it does deal with a woman that's taken from the hospital. And this man says she's her husband and learns, I don't think this man is my husband. It feels very strange to talk about two wholesome comedy movies and then have to look at them from the perspective of the genre of horror. Knowing that, like I said, it doesn't have to be a horror movie, but with some of the plots that come out, there are some that just, they can be taken into a different context and a whole different ball game. And like I mentioned with the movies earlier in this episode, those movies were taking into a completely different genre and that's what it would look like. I have always said that you choose how you want to be entertained and you can look at a movie and see things from very different perspectives. What someone creates and it's put out there, it's a wonderful thing for how far that creation is going to go. So before I close out this episode, I want to quote the great John R. Dilworth, who was the creator of the television show Courage the Cowardly Dog. When he created Courage the Cowardly Dog, people had so many different idealisms about how the show would go. They're like, is the dog in purgatory? Are they all in purgatory? Is it all in Courage's head? And he just says, I love all these answers because... There is no wrong answer with art. So, with this episode talking about comedy movies and the idea of being a horror movie, it's an interesting idea. I don't know if how far it would go, but obviously the movie did something if it makes you think. That's the one thing that I love about movies, is that it just, if it's done right, And you can't stop thinking about it. It's doing something right. That concludes the first official episode of The Screen Queen. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. So thank you so much for taking this show on the go. And I look forward to creating more episodes in the future. So right now we're about to find out what the next episode of The Screen Queen is going to be. If you weren't here for the introduction, how this show works to determine the next episode is I have a bit of a Hunger Games styled raffle system where I have a whole bunch of topics and movies into a bowl and then I will randomly pick one out. So we're both going to find out what the next episode is and here we go. Oh, I got a long boy. Ooh, I got Venom. That's ironic because I just finished watching Venom. Ver- there will be Carnage the other day. I almost said Venom versus Carnage, but then again, that is the movie, essentially. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm going to go ahead and get this one into production. I'm so excited. Oh, there's a reason why I'm excited, and you'll find out in the next episode. Until then, my fellow listeners, choose how you want to be entertained, enjoy your films, and stay awesome. All right, this is your Screen Crean, Samantha Parrish, signing off. Bye-bye!